Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy, I'm Ian Camfield. We are doing season two, and this is episode... 10 million. Uh, DidYouAmerica.com is the website that you can go to to hear old ones. You can also send us messages via the website, should you feel so inclined, or reach out on the socials. I'm Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Uh, Talking of Instagram, I was... um, Talking with my buddy Rich uh, today, who lives in Shitsville, um, he took me back to something that I did in my past that I still very much regret. He was. Oh, po- I love these. <laughs> Don't worry, it's nothing salacious. No. Um, it's uh, he was he was posting this on Instagram as if he was doing a good thing. So I just immediately jumped onto his uh, Instagram and was like, oh, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. So you were trolling? No, I was just pointing out the obvious. Posted a picture of about 10 heavy-duty trash bags, like the black, really thick ones that you can put a lot of stuff in. Basically... He had been dismantling his entire CD collection, taking, keeping the, the discs and the booklets, but removing the CDs and the booklets from the plastic cases because he's got a kid. I, I guess Rich's kid is about five years old. And basically the kids now is, is of, uh, of an age where the stuff that the kid needs is taking up too much uh, room in Rich's house. So he can't get rid of the CDs, but he's being economical by getting rid of the plastic. I mean, that's kind of a weird excuse. How much room were these CDs taking up? Like, I'm sure they weren't like displayed all throughout the house. They were probably in like a, drawer or a cabinet no, like they're probably ooh, stored ooh, away somewhere uh, well i don't know because he claims that he had over a thousand I, so i did yeah, the cd cases are tiny no 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 no. see this is you being a millennial who doesn't know what a cd is this is not true because let me tell you this i did the same thing only i didn't do it for a kid i did it for america <laughs> go on uh, because when i first moved to a proper country uh my first job in america was in new york and um, I, so this is back in uh, 07. Um, it was apparent to me that I wasn't going to have space in a New York apartment for about 3,000 compact discs. And several friends of mine said back then, oh, you know, well, you know, you can just stream stuff or like this is before everything was streaming on. Uh, you know, you could take those Apple. discs and like, Pop it in your old school computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and have a digital copy. Right, then, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So that was what was suggested. That, 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 that was what was suggested. And I said, How fucking dare you? <laughs> How dare you suggest that just digital copies were and some friends of mine were like, Okay, we're gonna have an inter they literally had an intervention with me. And we're like, listen. <laughs> We need to reach a compromise on this because you can't go to New York with it. Like, I mean, yes, okay, the company's paying for your shipping and you can up the cost of the shipping by sending 3,000 CDs in their plastic cases, but you won't have anywhere to put them. And I was very lucky in my in my flat in London. I didn't have a particularly big flat in London. It was probably 
I don't know, like 650 square feet, but it was it was it was lucky for a music collector because it had one and a half bedrooms, and the half bedroom, which was not really big enough to put any kind of bed or have you know as a proper working bedroom, was just about big enough to be a music room. So I had these sort of pine CD cabinets along the wall. So it literally was like walking into a music library with the, the CDs there and all, and I loved it. I loved it. But such a room did not exist in my small New York apartment. Yeah, but you're now comparing anyone's living situation to a New York apartment, which are notoriously the smallest of anywhere in the country. I understand not wanting to move across into a across an ocean into a whole new country with this giant collection of CDs, you know. You kind of want to for you're bringing all your stuff over as much as you can right, right. pack light. But I mean I, you know, over the years, my dad, my mom, my brother and me, when we were young, we bought a lot of CDs. And when we moved from our last house into the house I'm currently living in, you know, we packed up everything. Mm. And those CDs are currently easily a thousand, maybe two are sitting in three boxes at the top of my closet. It does not take up that much space. I think your friend isn't giving his son many much space. He's like, you get at this end of the closet. I guess I'll throw out my CD cases for you. You better not fucking cry about it. Well, I looked at the picture of all of the uh, the trash bags and I thought, you know what? Are you going to take all that to the recycling plant? Greta Thunberg might thank you. But you, <laughs> down the line, you right. are not going to thank yourself for getting rid of the plastic because to this day, this is about 2007 was when I went to New York. So that's 17, 18, 19, 20, 200 years from now. 14 years ago, I... I I got rid of the plastic from my approximately 3,000 CD collection. And 14 years later, despite still having the discs and the booklets, I'm still missing the plastic. Because what I did was I put the discs and the booklets into CD wallets, right? So I've got a load of them. uh, And they're in one of my closets here in the great state of Texas. Now, here's the thing. Do you think I ever go to get an actual disc out of any of those wallets? Of no, course not. I stream everything from Spotify. Yeah. And I can't be bothered to go into my closet and pull out a CD. They're kind of alphabetized. All the A's are together. All the B's are together. They're not 100% alphabetized. But I can't be asked to walk into the closet and, like, I just stream it. But psychologically, occasionally I go into that closet to get something else out and I see the rows and rows of CD booklets and I think, Miss the plastic. Yeah, you guys threw out the best part of the CD, the case. This the actual disc is meaningless because, like you said, you can pull. You skipped over the era where you could have taken all the data from that CD and put it on your computer. No, that's now what, computers that's what, don't even have places no, to put no, the no, disc. No, I know, in. no, but you can just stream everything. Right, exactly. But, it, but you got rid of the absolute best part. Rarely do CDs have graphics on them. I mean, maybe they would have like the title and like a few colors. But like, I remember there was one album I had. It was an Outcast album. Yeah, and it had like this alien with her titties out. Other than that... Is that what the name of the album, Alien with no, Her Titties Out? No, it was Big Boy and Dre Presents Outcast, but it should have been Green Alien <laughs> with Her Titties Is Out. Is that like, you know Other how, than that, every disc I had was basically blank. You know how the Metallica Black Album's actually called Metallica, but known right. as the Black Album? Is that Outcast album known <laughs> yeah. as Alien with Her Titties Out? Alien Green Titties Tits Out. <laughs> right, okay. And it bangs. Well, <laughs> well I, I still think, I mean... Rich, you've uh, if you and Rich does listen to these podcasts from time to time. Um, 
you're gonna you're gonna come to regret it and you know you could have investigated adoption <laughs> <laughs> or you know why get rid of the disc when you could just get rid of it no i'm not gonna go there <laughs> I tell you one thing that is handy though when you if you do need to downsize and you can't um bear getting rid of the the actual discs or the booklets obviously putting them in those CD wallets makes it a lot easier to a transport them if you're moving and b find a home for them so when I uh, moved to Phoenix I there was a, a tall cabinet in my kitchen and it was the perfect size to house all of my CD uh, wallets. Right. And uh, my other half at the time absolutely hated the fact that we had about 3,000 CDs in the kitchen. And again, this is people being irrational because I said to him all the time, we have loads of storage space in this kitchen. There's only so many utensils and George Foreman grills that you need to house. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason why. And I always go, well, you're not meant to have CDs in the kitchen. I was like, this is where the most storage space was. Now, when he first moved in, he had a point when he was moving stuff in and was like looking for places to put stuff and said, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that in the kitchen we have about 3,000 CDs, but no salt or pepper. And I take that that is a bad way to live, right? Yeah. Now, I address that because you know what I did? I went out and bought salt and pepper shakers that are in the shape of cowboy boots with the American flag on them. So I now have salt and pepper in my kitchen. But there's no reason for you to not house CDs in the kitchen when you've got a lot of storage space in the kitchen and one cabinet is perfect to house those CDs. Yeah, who needs plates when you have a perfectly good bar? men CD. Right, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. You're not going to listen to Who Let the Dogs Out anymore. No, I know. That's exactly right. So, I mean, so I, I just think like you're going to end up regretting um, getting rid of all of that plastic and it's going to it's gonna come back to, not haunt you, but for the rest of your life, you're going to basically be thinking, oh, oh, I miss that plastic. Also, I think it's time get rid of the CDs. You're not going to listen to them. No, that's not the point. It's if my point. It might not be your point, but it's my point. Get rid of all of it. If you're going to create space for your kid, add that additional space. Give him an extra shelf. Now, talking of um, moving, which is what we were in, relating, in relation to the CDs, um, one thing that um, I was uh, kind of conscious of the other week was uh, there's a friend of mine called Randy who lives here in the great state of Texas. And um, he was, um, he, he, he earns all right money and he was moving um, from one place to another. And he absolutely shocked me when he told me that he does not pay for people to do the packing for him. And he's a person that enjoys the finer things in life. And he said to me, no, no, I'll pay for the movers to do all the heavy lifting and all that kind of stuff. But I don't trust the packers. I think they're going to steal something. And as someone who's moved now several times and hates moving, it's one of the, uh, oh, I think there's someone at my door. Yeah. Hang on one second. Hang on, everybody. Stand Time by. out. Thank you. 
everybody my cleaning lady turned up there you go <laughs> so if you hear the Special vacuum guest. if you hear the vac- va- vacuum in the background that's what it is all right professional um, i know um what was i saying something about your friend movie he doesn't like to pack for himself right and i he's afraid w- of stealers literally he doesn't and- like packers or stealers right. sounds like a cowboys fan <laughs> hey that's hey, a good there you joke go. but uh, see the advantage to my cleaning lady arriving is that jeremy had time to cultivate that joke yeah, there we, you should, go. we should have interruptions to the podcast more often That'd be and, so much fun here and then you'd be so much funny. <laughs> Probably have a job as a comedian by now. I'd be famous. I'd be like, yeah, that guy Canfield who helped me out one day. <laughs> so I um, I was uh, I said to him, you got, and he's like, no, I don't want to. And I went, how much of a sex dungeon have you got that you're afraid that the, <laughs> the, 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 the Packers are going to say? Because it's the only thing to be afraid of. Again, if you can't afford it and you have to do it yourself, I totally get it. He can afford it. And I've seen the way that he lives. Like, he's not super rich, but he he, he enjoys the finer things in right. life. And he is the exact type of person that, when moving, would want to leave one place as it was and then get to the new place two days later and have it all set up. Like See, for the- my, my mom is actually pretty similar to that. Like, she would never allow someone else to do the packing for her. Like, she, she would hire movers, but she would do everything herself. She wants to be organized. She wants to know where everything is. Me, I could not be bothered to do that, no matter what. Moving is is one of the worst things ever. I hate moving so much that when I moved to the great state of Texas, I hired packers. I had the movers do all the heavy lifting. And then when I got to Texas, I ordered a home stager from TaskRabbit to come and do my unpacking for me. So, and I went out for the day and said, just put it where you think it should go. And it works because friends that have visited have gone, you know, this place is way better arranged than your previous. And I go, hey, I haven't even got CDs in the kitchen anymore, and there's salt right. pepper now. But uh, but she did the she did the the home the home staging to the extent that I've lived in this apartment for eighteen months, and still every so often I think of something that I want to find, and it takes me ages to find it because I still don't know where she put it. Home home stages are absolutely incredible at their jobs so my parents are actually moving from houston back up to dallas and they just bought a house here and when we went to go look at the house it was the most spectacular home like immediately they're like this is the one we want it i was like you have to move here and then since you know the house has been gutted with all their stuff and they've now had to get ready to move in Mm. they've just found nothing but problems with it and i guess the previous owners they they were actually from Schittsville, and so they were there a lot of the time. But I guess they had a daughter who was a bit troubled and lived here, and she would throw parties all the time at the former house, and they would lock certain doors of the house so you couldn't get into them. This this is why people from the UK should not be allowed to live in Texas unless it's me. Well, exactly. The, but the best part is they, you know, the homestead was so good. She cleared up, she covered up all this. Going back to the point of certain things you don't want the movers to see. The one thing, the one thing that was left behind in the house, of course, the daughter's old BDSM gear, (laughs) which my parents stumbled across in their new home. Well, my theory about my buddy Randy is that um, he's done all the packing himself because he's probably hired a U-Haul to put the sex dungeon in that to move that <laughs> separately. But he's concerned about bits that have fallen off the sex dungeon right. that are in like, the east wing of the house <laughs> that are going to be found. So, look, look, Yes, my dildo room. But I tell you this, though, but you can get some good stories out of, out of hiring the Packers. Cause, and this actually is a story about it could have been a, a, a quite embarrassing um, turn up. But I think I, I kind of carried it off with uh let's use the word panache 
Um, what Let's I'm, not. When I moved, and you don't like the word panache? I'll no, change it. Different I'm, word. I'm about to talk about lube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do go on. <laughs> See? Panache. Panache makes it sound yeah, more sophisticated. Yeah, you have to say panache. <laughs> I carried it off with panache. So, <laughs> so I... <laughs> Think we're going to court that's what today's episode's yeah. called but I carried it off with panache I'm writing it down don't worry guest starring the cleaning lady um I um so I, I hire the the pa- the people to do my packing for me right while I'm moving from Arizona to the great state of Texas. Now I I don't want to do any of the manual labor. I can't I can't bear it. But I'm pretty good at you know I read all the stuff they send you about how you have to get your place ready for the movers, even if they're going to do all of the heavy lifting for you. And so I um. You know, I, 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 I had it all down. I was going to move with two suitcases myself. I was going to drive cross country and everything else I wanted them to move. So I packed what I needed. I left my two suitcases in the bathroom and the, the, the packers arrive and I go, all right, don't, and nothing in the bathroom, but everything else. Pack it up. Right. They're like, all right. So they start and they're kind of chit-chatting a bit. And they went, oh, you've done some places we come in and they're nowhere near ready. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they've been there about like 20 minutes and they start packing up stuff in the, the bedroom. And one of the packers like very embarrassingly says, uh, excuse me, sir. And I go, yeah. And I go into the bath or the bedroom. <laughs> He's holding this bottle of lube. Oh, no. <laughs> And I, and uh, and uh, completely unfazed with a, with a great deal of panache. The one thing you I, you didn't want them to find. As I said, I did a great job. There's always going to be one thing, of course. So I said, um, yeah. <laughs> and um, his response was, and. I, this this was this was this made me realize that they've done, they've seen this a lot before because it was like clearly a prepared response for seeing lube. Yeah, his response was, "We're not allowed to transport liquids," <laughs> <laughs> and so with complete panache, I said, "Oh, I'll just throw it out then." No, why not? Why, you you could have just brought it on your person. Yeah, I could. I thought you were going to suggest you could have used it with the with the baby. <laughs> the, the, hey, well, we can't use. It. I got this whole bottle. No place to go to waste. How much time have you got? <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the here's the funny bit. That's not even the funny bit of the story. Here's the funniest bit of the story. The lube broke the ice. <laughs> I know it's meant for other things, but <laughs> but it but it broke the ice between us because as a result of me showing no embarrassment whatsoever and him literally having to hold my bottle of lube in front of me and say, "Sir, we can't transport liquids," right? <laughs> Suddenly, everything else was like fair game. So. I'm like, don't worry, I'll get rid of it. And they carry on packing. So obviously, if you're in my house, it's obvious that I've had some kind of job in the music business because of the, you know, the stuff, the discs and things that I've got around about the place. So the packer obviously picks up on this and says to me, 
Oh, I used to be in the music business myself. And I said, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. I used to manage some uh, rock bands in uh, New York in the 1970s. And I can't remember who they were. They weren't bands that were big, but there were some names that you knew were bands in the 70s. And so I said to him, oh, how did you get into that line of business? And I swear to you, this was his response, right? And, And I don't think, had he not held my lube, he would have been comfortable saying this to me. He literally said, oh, I used to be a Coke dealer. (laughs) And um, basically, moving into music management was a way of legitimizing the knowledge that I had because I was constantly dealing to bands and I saw who was looking after them and thought, Jesus Christ, I'm a better businessman than the people who are your management. So I kind of just combined the two roles and ended up moving into the music business. I mean, given this guy's experience, you would have thought after you being forced to throw out your lube, he then could have given you some suggestions of some other brands you can buy when you get to your destination. I said to him, seriously, you were pushing coke in 1970s New York and you're telling me that you can't pack up a bottle of lube for me to send it from Arizona to Texas. (laughs) Shove that bottle up your butt and get on your way, sir. But yeah, I I think uh, that was a very roundabout way of saying um, someone who claims if they've got a lot of money that they're not comfortable with people packing their worldly belongings to do the move. That's just someone who's scared of what they might find. Yes, either sex objects or drugs and or drugs. Yes, exactly. Uh, Quick song of the week update. Uh, Thank you if you voted uh, in the past seven days. Last week, uh, Jeremy chose Rumors by Lizzo and Cardi B. That got 3% of the vote. Guys, I wanted zero. (laughs) New York producer went with If You Ever Leave, I'm Coming With You by The Wombats. That was 6% of the vote. Uh, I chose the new song by Don Broco, which is called One True Prince. Don Broco. Broco win with 91% of the vote. Uh, thank you if you got involved with that. We have three new songs for you to choose from this week. And if you've listened to the previous episode of the podcast, you can probably predict what my song is going to be. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? New songs for song of the week you can vote at didyouamerica.com or i'll get a poll on my twitter at ian canfield jeremy what will be your losing song for the next seven days well i decided to change it up a little bit i'm not the biggest country music fan but when you find a good one you know you gotta go oh, you haven't it. chosen a song by that guy who throws the n-word around that's been perfectly acceptable with to the country world have you i mean i'm pretty sure everyone in the country world has done that so <laughs> let's hope not it's just the- one of my favorite thi- not my favorite well it's one of your favorite no, things no, no, oh no, my no. god <laughs> no, about the country world of how old school and ridiculous they are. It's like that guy, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll buy more of his albums. Well, luckily, what was his name? Morgan someone. Oh, Waller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, yeah, luckily, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went with the single most liberal uh, country music star in the history of the world. This week, I went with Juanita by Sturgill Simpson and Willie Nelson. It's also nice to hear a Willie Nelson, uh, uh, anything new by Willie Nelson, because it just confirms that he's still alive. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, it's good. Uh, New York producer's going with the new one by Young Blood, which is called Fleabag, and I have tro- uh, chosen Stratego by Iron Maiden. Oh, of there course. it is. DidYouAmerica.com is where you can vote, or you can go to the poll on my Twitter, at Ian Camfield. Uh, okay, let's discuss... Only fans banning pornography because I don't know what the conspiracy theory is, but I found this so shocking. I'm fully signed up to basically any conspiracy theory you can put my way as to why they've made this decision. Go on. Well, 
OnlyFans is all about the porn, right? Yeah. I mean, first of all, let's look at the positives, right? I, it, it, it occurred to me that for quite some time now, there have been a problem with uh, restaurants and bars not being able to recruit servers. Now, you're going to get a lot of them come back again now because suddenly they can't get their wangs out on OnlyFans and they're like, oh shit, I'm going to have to go back to waiting tables again. So <laughs> that that issue with people that were claiming that they could uh, afford more unemployment, they get more with their unemployment checks than they would do if they were working at restaurants. I think that was unemployment plus OnlyFans right. equals more than being wait staff at restaurant. But unemployment with no OnlyFans added to it, that might be a difference. So if you found yourself waiting at your favorite diner for a lot longer than you were used to since there's been a so-called shortage of wait staff, that's about to change. And look on the bright side, it probably means that the wait staff you're about to get are going to be better looking because they've all been getting their bits out on OnlyFans. That's the positive. So what you're saying is my local McDonald's is about to get a lot sexier. Oh, you will be jerking off every time you go through the drive-thru. Well, that happens already, <laughs> my good friend. I mean, the prospects of the McDouble-double, triple-triple, you know, and... Extra special sauce, please. <laughs> and your your favorite OnlyFans star that you used to give five bucks a month to for the videos uh, is uh, serving it to you. You are going to love it. That will be service with a smile. But, 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 so, so so, 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 so there's that. But the, here's the thing, right? OnlyFans, I'm presuming it's been a, you know, a multi-million dollar um, uh, uh, organization in terms right. of like, they, I, I don't know how it works. I'm guessing they take a cut of they whatever. They take 20%. Any, okay, which is quite a big cut, yeah. right? And so, I mean, I saw stories of, you know, the big time OnlyFans uh, models, some of them making hundreds of thousands, if not a million just by being on OnlyFans. I know they're, they're not everyone, but there's a few people that are doing that. So just 20% of those high earners, if you're whoever it is behind OnlyFans, you're making all that money. You ban pornography and all that money goes away because, you know, we don't want to see just people not wearing many clothes. We want to see them, you know, doing the do. Right. No, I mean, I don't understand this move because essentially what they're saying is we still think people are going to pay for bikini pictures mm -hmm. in which case i think they assume that instagram doesn't exist i'm not really sure right right right. so only fans completely you loses its usp and so this is why this is ripe for conspiracy theory but i don't know what the most likely conspiracy theory is because i guess there's a um, a chain of thought that says that there's some kind of government intervention. But I feel like people are so against being controlled by the government that if that was the case, we would have heard about that. Right. So then you got to think about, well, we don't re who really controls the porn world? And is there, are there, is there like a dark empire that controls the porn world? And for some reason they've gone, you know what? We used to be able to charge things for websites. And back in the day, we were knocking out videos and DVDs and stuff like that. And suddenly OnlyFans has given the models a platform so we don't get a share of it anymore. And we're so powerful, again, because we don't know who these people are, that we are going to say no more and we're shutting it down. And to add to that conspiracy theory, is it the Queen of England? <laughs> See, I can assure you that the porn world is indeed a very, very dark world. I just don't think unless it's the Queen of England that the people behind it are smart enough to do that level of conspiracy when, I mean, first of all, what I don't understand is who are these people paying for porn? Porn is 
free porn is everywhere on the internet. There is absolutely no need to actually pay for porn. So the fact that this many people were actually doing it to where OnlyFans could step back and be like, uh, yeah, no, we're actually not going to do porn anymore and we're still expecting to make money makes absolutely zero sense to me. Well, it just makes zero sense that they would make this change. And also, I feel like it came from out of nowhere. I saw the news story. I found that shocking. And then... It was like, oh, yeah, it's all done from October. So it's not even like they're giving the people who are there any kind of notice. None of this makes sense. And the fact that there's no logical explanation to me suggests that there's some conspiracy theory here that is like, you know... I mean, I've been shocked for the Afghanistan stories, and I'm like, oh, my God, OnlyFans is stopping Paul. <laughs> it's the second most shocking thing this week. These things come in threes. What will happen next? <laughs> right. But I think it's like, does it suggest that there's – if it was if it was a government mandate, we would know about it. If it was something from the porn world, there's like – I don't like – I don't know. I think, I think there's just – the world of sex and law – is in a really weird place right now. Like, do you know Texas just became the first state to make, like, purchasing any form of sex act a felony of any kind? I so, didn't like, know that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's... But, 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 but when have you read... I don't feel like there's been a whole anti-OnlyFans porn campaign no. that's out there. Like, the moral majority haven't been out, out outraged. But, right, exactly. So it's not like they're bowing to... You know, I don't know. Let's say, for example, the extreme right or hardcore Christians, or there's been none of that. Like right. it's existed in its own world, and it's like the OnlyFans people are going, "Okay, we've made X amount of millions of dollars out of it, and we could quite easily carry on making millions more and more and more, but we're stopping now without any explanation." I yeah, I mean, I just think that there's the only thing that I would say would make sense for them to do is if is if a form of prostitution was happening through the service. But, but again, I've, no, would, I've never heard of anything like that. No. that. We would know about that. No, absolutely. Right? There absolutely. would be campaigns against it. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at people that do campaign on behalf of sex workers and people like that. I don't remember any of those groups, like official groups, coming out against OnlyFans. I mean, if anything, they probably thought that OnlyFans makes everything safer for people because they're doing it mostly in the privacy of their own home and making their own money and, and so on and so forth. Not that I've investigated a load of OnlyFans to have that as as uh, as 100% right. uh, factual evidence, but I gather that's what it is. Oh, no. I, I have one experience in my entire life of paying for porn, and it left me with so scarred that I'm going to stick with Pornhub for the rest of my life. It's just <laughs> significantly easier. I do have a solution for, you know, I the one thing is I feel bad for the girls who were, and guys who were making a living off this service, because in the end, you know, they weren't doing anything harm before they were just getting harassed by dudes to have them send nudes, mm -hmm. and now they were doing it and getting paid for it. Eventually, though, someone's going to take over and create a website that does the exact same thing. I feel like this is our opportunity to pivot the Digital America website. Well, we just take it to porn? Yeah, I mean, we, me and you probably don't know how to do this, but New York producer, get on that. Figure out how we can get some sort of only fan system going on the page. Right. We can have the... the Did the, you titties today? And maybe the mover endorsing my, my lube? Yeah, no. The big, <laughs> big endorsement from the lube company. That's going down. 
<laughs> I do feel I feel sorry again, like you said, for the people that have used it. Like I worked with someone um, who was uh, not on air; she was off air, but she worked in radio, and um, she left her job because her and her boyfriend um, started up such a profitable. Um, well, their own like porn empire, basically, but it all happened from OnlyFans. Right. She was posting the videos and getting subscribers and stuff like that. And um, uh, it was kind of fun to invite her to different people's houses because she became obsessed with uh, anywhere that she could possibly shoot porn. Like I remember being, I remember <laughs> I being, have that same obsession. I remember being at a housewarming party with her, uh, a, a mutual friend's house, and she spent the entire time eyeing up this spiral staircase that they had, and all she was doing was thinking, "Oh yeah, we could get into some good." Uh, good positions on that spiral staircase. And I <laughs> Everyone's think like, you'd see her, like her leg would just be like up on the well, banister. Well, you know, the thing with OnlyFans is it's all about the background. There's right. only so much sex that you can have. You're basically doing the same thing, but in different settings. Yeah. So you've got to look for like people's people's houses and stuff like that. So, I mean, <laughs> that was what she would do. But yeah, you're basically taking that opportunity away from people. So I, it's, uh, and, and I don't know, there's more to come on this. I want to get the details, like why, how, who's behind it like i've and i'm surprised like you know um and here's another conspiracy theory did they do it around the time that the whole world is quite rightly shocked about everything that's going on in afghanistan because it takes the attention away from them clearly afghanistan is behind this no i'm not saying that i'm <laughs> saying that like that's the a different created only you just said it that's a, that's a, that's a deflection tactic they're like it's just I, as i said i don't know what the conspiracy theory would be but this is so weird and so from out of nowhere and unlikely, there's got to be a conspiracy theory. I hear what you're saying. And yeah. again, Queen of England. Or Taliban. Just a thing. All right. Uh, before we're done, um, let us quickly talk about the fact that two people who I believe are the two most American people I've ever met in my life are now at war. It is on between Gene Simmons and David Lee Roth. Let's get on. That's like the dream celebrity death match. I, let me explain why they're the two most American people. Gene Simmons, I call him the American Gene, like the American dream, right. because he just embodies like capitalism, coming from nothing, moved to America with a mum who couldn't speak English, got himself educated, became a teacher, was obsessed with money and business, and just became the Gene Simmons, the uber business person through the kiss brand. Anything that could have kiss on it should have kiss on it. Money, 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 money. America, 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 right? right? That's why he is potentially the most American person ever. David Lee Roth is potentially the most American person ever because the one time I met David Lee Roth was when I was back living in Shitsville and he was doing one of these very rare Ameri uh, UK tours. Um, I, I spent probably an hour with him, not even that, and it was probably one of the happiest hours of my life because living in the UK and longing to be in America, I never had America transported to me in such a beautifully succinct way than the day that Diamond Dave turned up in my Leicester Square London studios because he just oozed America. <laughs> Everything about him. That was the day you started calling England Shitsville? Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, I remember he was signing something and I was just, I just wanted to be his friend and I wanted to, like, tell him, like, how much he was oozed, like, I was just the Dave ooze America all over me. <laughs> I mean, you're doing it anyway, but keep oozing, keep oozing. You he can't has no ooze, problem oozing you can't, all you over can't you. Can't ooze enough. And um, 
And uh, yeah, there was like he was signing something, and, and I was like coming out with any like American stories that I thought I could like align to him. And I said, "Oh, you know, the first time I ever went to Los Angeles, the first time I ever got in a rental car and pulled out of the car rental, it was onto Sunset Boulevard, and the radio was playing Panama by Van Halen, and he just turned up, to, looked up, and goes, "That's an American experience." I was like, yeah. <laughs> so is this, Dave? So is this? Oh, it was just so good. And then when we were leaving, he was going out to do another interview, and we we're we're walking through the, the 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 reception area of the radio station that I worked. He's in the middle of telling me some great American Diamond Dave story, and uh, his security guy taps him on the shoulder and says, "Dave, Dave, we're late for the next interview. We got to go." And then Dave, referring to he and I, says, "Hey, next interview can wait. We're having Dave time." <laughs> That's so classic. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, so David Lee Roth was opening for Kiss on their previously aborted um, final tour. And they have restarted the KISS tour, but they're doing it without David Lee Roth opening up because basically reading between the lines, Gene Simmons uh, gave an interview to Rolling Stone and he basically said, David Lee Roth's not very good anymore. Oh, shots fired. So David Lee Roth then fires back with uh, a kid sticking two fingers up at Gene Simmons. Or was it one finger? <laughs> no, I don't... it was one finger, but he posted it 18 times. Oh, so it just like to, covered to, his uh, entire right, Instagram to, to, page. To, 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 to get the message through. Now, I mean, it's hard for me to side with one or the other, except for the fact that I think the issue here is that when you go see Kiss now, it's still the Kiss that you love and remember. But when you go see David Lee Roth, you're getting kind of like the older version of Diamond Dave, who perhaps doesn't have a great band with him and is desperately trying to hit notes that he can't hit anymore. And Gene Simmons probably looked at this and thought, oh, my God. I didn't think when we were giving David Lee Roth the opening slot, he'd actually put himself out on stage. I haven't done a show in the last 20 years. I just send a lookalike out. Dave, you're doing it wrong. Here's my issue is I, I feel really bad for David Lee Roth just because, you know, because of the name he's created for himself, now everyone's kind of acting like he's some great singer all of a sudden when he was always a great showman. And the singing was a bit iffy, but he had an incredible band behind him in Van Halen. And sure, he had some solo success after that, but a lot of it was based off the name than actual talent because half those songs were covers. He's one of the best frontmen ever. He used to be a frontman with a great band. And I think to your point, I mean, I didn't go to see one of the Vegas shows that I was planning to, but then COVID stopped the shows. But you looked at the videos of the shows that he did do and it was like David Lee Roth being a pale imitation of himself with a very, very, at best, average band around him. And I think the whole thing is, if David Lee Roth got a great band around him, which he could do because he's David Lee Roth, then we'd have more of the diamond and Dave show that everyone wants whereas he's like turning up trying to make it like half rock and roll half jazz and he's like it's too it's, I know he's in Vegas but it was like it was too much Vegas like right. I could go <laughs> next door and watch the, the Van Halen tribute band and they'd be giving me better Diamond Dave than actual Diamond Dave well that's exactly why I feel bad for him is because in the end he was just doing his thing what he always did and then all of a sudden Gene Simmons was like yo you know he sucks at singing now then Sammy Hagar was like yeah he sucks <laughs> I said it too. He sucks. And so, like, you know, what is he going to do? He has to defend himself, but he knows. He knows he sucks. I, one thing I didn't know. So I didn't know that, like, he was a super rich kid growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so his you know, dad was a big dog. Exactly. Star. Had, like, a huge mansion. They used to have parties and everything in there. So, like, it just seems so odd that, like, 
why critter why keep doing it why even bother? You're not great. You're just going to hear people get, getting upset with you. The guy who, you know, made your career is now dead. Right. Hang it up. I guess, I think he likes the Sing challenge. Sing just a gigolo uh, in the shower like I do. But, <laughs> I mean, you say this, but let's not forget, I think it was about like 10 years ago, before one of the uh, more recent Van Halen reunions, he was an EMT in New York. Like, he, he decided he'd do that, train, and was... I mean, imagine that. You're having breathing difficulties, the ambulance arrives, and it's David Lee Roth, like, pumping your heart. So, basically, he was acting like the housewife that gets bored and is like, well, I'm going to have a job now. <laughs> okay. Now, see, you've discovered that he was a rich kid, and now nothing he does is okay. <laughs> no. I just told you that he's got... You agree, he's got all that money and could stay at home singing just a gigolo in the shower. He decided to go out and save lives in the back of an ambulance in New York, but not good enough for you. No, call me Van Hagar for life. <laughs> It is funny with you bring uh, Sammy Hagar into it that um, when before Eddie Van Halen sadly passed away, there was some talk that there was going to be one last tour with both singers. Right. I mean, I'm not counting the guy from Extreme, just the, the two main <laughs> singers, right? Not counting Gary Schwein. No. And um, and uh, there was a great quote. I don't even know if Sammy Hagar was saying this, you know, this is a great put down premeditated way or if it just slipped out because Sammy Hagar is very non-confrontational right. generally. But uh, one of the interviewers said, well, we heard about these plans to do, uh, you know, Sam the best of both worlds. Yeah, 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 yeah. that. Um, do you think that David Lee Roth wouldn't do it because he'd be concerned that your singing would, you know, shine a bad light on his singing? And Sammy Hagar's response was, no, I mean, my suggestion was, I'll go out and do all the singing and he can dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a quote from him. He, he was, they asked him the similar question and he was like, yeah, you know, I think he could sing like maybe one of my songs, but I can handle all of his songs. So <laughs> right. we'll just pick one of those. Well, that's probably true. No, because- it is. It's because true. as you Look, said, even back in the day when David Lee Roth was, you know, ultra athletic and great frontman, was never a great singer. No, he was an incredible showman. Those first few albums are absolutely incredible. There's no doubt about it. But when Sammy Hagar joined the band, they added <laughs> they a got whole a singer. New, yeah, they had a whole new level of musicianship. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, we had a showman, now we've got a singer. Right. Who right? would have thought this would improve the band? <laughs> well, listen, because um David Lee Roth is, and again, I can't rank them one or two. I just say they are the two most American people that I've right. ever met. And both of them have given me a great deal of pleasure. Um, Gene Simmons, I've met several times. David Lee Roth, only that one time and probably for less than an hour. I would like to quote him the time we did spend together more Dave time <laughs> in my life. So therefore... I am supporting the idea that David Lee Roth, A, will do more shows, and B, can get better. And I haven't, C, worked out how I'm going to achieve this, but through maybe music industry connections and possibly stalking, I intend to, at some point, get backstage and, like, have Dave time with David Lee Roth. Because there's no... There's no denying in my mind that probably offstage, David Lee Roth is way more entertaining than he is on. Because if you get him being Diamond Dave when he doesn't have to sing, you're getting the Diamond Dave experience. You're just not hearing how ropey his voice has become, right? And that's why I say it's time to give it up. Go back to those radio dreams you once had. We'll get a third mic to go along with this third chair. And then boom. If he wants to be on this podcast, nothing would make me happier. I mean, Do you we, know, I worked as a quick... We wouldn't as- have to ask if we America today at the end. It would just be no. We're We'd be like, we, this is the most American thing fucking ever. <laughs> I would be like posting a finger up going, fuck you, Gene. Fuck you, Gene. I'd immediately get an eagle tattooed on my chest. <laughs> 
I tell you one quick thing about him doing radio before we go. This is this is another story that's just suddenly come back to me. I worked at the. It was a different radio station, but uh, same members of staff, same studio, where he very briefly did a show replacing Howard Stern, which right. was a disaster for ratings. But I was there a few years afterwards. Met a few people that worked with him on the show, and I got a lot of stories about David Lee Roth's weird requests for how the studio should be set up. There was things about he wanted a load of plants and he needed jazz memorabilia on the wall was like fine but this is my favorite thing he was gonna have a oh he he wanted a gold-plated microphone all right i mean i i mean like i would say like dave you're gonna be talking you're fine at talking it's when you sing we have to worry about what you sound like we should be investigating the microphone that makes you sound better when you sing than when you talk but still this is my favorite thing so they're like we'll get plants we're putting jazz memorabilia on the wall we're paying for a gold-plated microphone. We're setting the studio up the way David Lee Roth wants it to do a radio show. So he's got his allotted microphone and his allotted space, right? It was a carpeted floor, carpet squares in a studio, yeah. right? He then said he wanted the square bit of the carpet beneath where his microphone was positioned, taken up so it was a hard floor beneath him. So during the music, he could tap dance. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Man, you're telling me that radio show didn't work? But let me tell you, Dave, the kitchen from which we record this podcast is hardwood floor, so you can tap dance all you want. <laughs> Look, that's Jeremy making out his tap dancing right now. So we'll be back on the Thursday of this week with our new co-host, David Lee Roth. Um, and we'll, we'll rephrase, we'll, we will rename it uh, Can Dave Sing Today? <laughs> as long as I'm still here, I'm with it. <laughs> uh, you can vote for Song of the Week on the Twitter at Ian Canfield. You can uh, talk to us on any of the socials Ian Canfield on Twitter, Canfield Off the Radio on Instagram, or uh, go talk to us uh, via the website. You can leave us a message, didyouamerica.com. Did we America today? This ain't Did You Russia.